That's why I'm always like, all right, let's go. Let's go. I used to do that when I lived in Austin, too. Yeah, you were really good at that. Yeah, Rob and, I, Rob and I knew the pain. Rob still knows the pain, and Wes is now learning it. He's feeling the pain. <laughs> He's what? refeeling it after, huh? his, after his, last, uh, his last basement journey. Josh will be feeling the pain soon, too. I'm going to be feeling great right now. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. I might be feeling best. <laughs> yeah. It's night, oh right and early with Andy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of the Bruise Day podcast. Today, I'm joined by Wes, Andy, and Rob. What is up, guys? Nothing much, Yo. Josh. How are you doing? Hey. Doing great. Today, we are going to talk about what makes a good beer name and what we like to see in a good beer description. We'll run through Big Board, Lightning Round, and, and all of our fun, good, bad, and ugly of the week. Uh, but really, with that, let's get into it. Cheers. 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 Well, I will go ahead and get us started on my Cheers Beer of the Week. So I am drinking a Safety Porpoises by Toplin Goliath uh, out of Decorah, Indiana. It's actually a partnership with Blackstack Brewing out of St. Paul, Minnesota. It's their double IPA. It's a 4.18 average, 7.8%, 30 IBU. Um, so really solid beer. I very much enjoyed not only the name of the beer, the can art of the beer, but it, the description did tie back a bit into it where specifically within both like Minnesota, Indiana, the two seasons uh, are sort of winter and road construction, which makes a ton of sense because they can't do the road construction during those harsh winters. And so what they sort of did was take the stickiest, haziest, oil-laden hops they could find to pair it with some of the other things that do become available to them in the summer. The beer itself is pretty good. I kind of want to get a little bit deeper into it because it, it's a very simple flavor and, and I want to try to pull a bit more flavor out of it. But while I do that, Andy, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're drinking? Yeah, Josh. So I'm drinking a Why So Cirrus, which is a hazy IPA from Brothers Cascadia Brewing out of Vancouver, Washington. And the Canard definitely ties into the name. The Why So Cirrus definitely, you know, harkens to the Batman films with the Heath Leather with the Heath Ledger Joker and the can art definitely has that kind of smile on the can, but a, a cirrus is like thin wispy clouds. And so it's an ode to kind of the just overcast Pacific Northwest weather that we get up here. Uh, it's a 5.5% ABV, no IBU listed, a 3.88 average on untapped only has 170 plus ratings. It mentions peaches and cream aroma and flavor. Definitely that doesn't tie into the name or the description, um, but uh, I'm not really sure I'm getting that, but I'll definitely, you know, hit you back with a rating in a little bit. I'm going to get a little bit deeper into this before being able to, to rate it. Rob, what do you got? I'm drinking super special sauce by microphone brewing out of Oak Grove village, Illinois. It's an IPA 8.5% ABV. They don't have an IBU listed a 4.25 average with 3,500 check-ins. It's a double dry hop, New England style, double IPA with mosaic hops. There's a lot to the back end of this. So it's very approachable and I'm enjoying the front end, but I feel like that 8.5% ABV really comes through in the back end and kind of burns a little bit, but it, it also kind of mixes with the bitterness, the mosaic hops. And I, and I like that finish on the back end. Uh, if this is their super super special sauce, as the name would imply, I like it. I I wish I I had the recipe to this thing. I wish they would uh, 
you know, share a little bit more about, you know, what goes into this. There really isn't a description on the can and microphones kind of known for that. They really just stick to their can art. They usually don't give a lot of description to the backstory to the beer and how it's made or, or where it comes from. I'm enjoying it so far. I don't, I'll probably be around about a 4.2. I don't think I'm going to go as high as a 4.3, which is where the average is right now. I mean, if they told you everything that was in the super special sauce, it probably wouldn't be all that special. I know, but you know, it's it. I want to know it, Rob. If it's anything like every other special sauce, it's probably just Thousand Island dressing. But just start there. <laughs> it doesn't taste like Thousand Island dressing. That's, that's and if good. it did, that's I'm good. not be sure amazing. Be, yeah, I know it would not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm drinking a beer hates astronauts. It's an American IPA from Half Acre Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois, where it's is where my basement is currently located right now. Uh, it's a 7.8% ABV, no IBU listed. It's got a 4.12 average with 27,000 check-ins. Obviously, the name Beer Hates Astronauts jumped out to me. I love Half Acre already, so I'm always going to be glancing at their section in the beer shop or the bottle shop. But um, Beer Hates Astronauts jumped out to me. The story behind this one, it's the actually the official beer of the comic God Hates Astronauts. Oh. which I'd never heard of before. Yeah, and no. I would just like to take a moment to read one sentence describing this comic. God Hates Astronauts is a sci-fi comedy comic series which features a guy with a ghost cow head, a bunch of magic bears, and a Chicago cop with robot arms, all working for NASA. So if you're looking for a new good read, I got one for you. God <laughs> Hates Astronauts. It very much has like a Rick and Morty vibe to it. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> with that description. Yeah, it's wild. But I will say that this beer is very good. It's a citra hopped IPA. It's got that nice harsh bitterness that I think a nice harsh bitterness that the citra gives you. Um, I love that. I love that about citra hops, and I also love that it has citrus, orange, grapefruity taste up front, but nice low sweetness on it. This is a really good classic tasting American IPA. How's the can art? It is actually a comic. And before I read the description, it is a comic by the God Hates Astronauts guys. It doesn't make one bit of sense <laughs> that the Chicago cop is like eating chicken nuggets or saving chicken nuggets and then he eats the chicken nuggets and then the house lights on fire. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not a good person. I love it. that. That's great. <laughs> That is when I first when I first saw that that name, I was like, that's a lie. I don't think beer hates ast hates astronauts. <laughs> yeah. and I don't think astronauts hate beer. Yeah, I was but, about to like ridicule, like absolutely hate on a half acre. I was like, why are they hating on astronauts? What's going but on? Maybe here? God so, does hate astronauts because they're trying to get close to him. They're 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 trying to be as close to God as possible being out in space. The pot I mean, is getting deep. Which direction is up in space? <laughs> Away from the middle of Earth is, <laughs> is, is <laughs> Is it's what, what I'm edge. using as a distance. the edge of Earth. I'll, I'll sort of finish my review up of this beer. So uh, I, I took another look. It's brewed with Citra, Nelson, Sabro, Galaxy, and Simcoe. There's a ton going on. It's extremely smooth for a 7.8, so I totally see where the 4.18 average is coming from. To me, it's, it's almost too simple. It, it's really hazy. It's super smooth, and there's a tiny bit of citrus hop that comes through at the end. I think I'm, I'm probably a little bit lower than that average. I'm around a four. It's a, it's a really solid beer. There's nothing, I wouldn't say there's anything outstanding that, that puts it over the edge for me that, that makes it to go above and beyond a 
Josh, the uh, the porpoises part of the title's really throwing me off, considering they're pretty landlocked. <laughs> they're not, very landlocked. Not really near uh, most uh, porpoise no, habitats. They're, they're so. land porpoises. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll circle back with the rating. I do actually. I am picking up some of the peaches flavor and aroma that that is in the description. I'm with a 388 average. I think I'm maybe just above it. I'm probably going to come in right around a 3.9. It's a good beer. It's definitely a pretty typical hazy brewed with Sabro, Talus, and Amarillo hops. I'm enjoying it. 3.9. All right. Well, as you all heard, we we talked a ton about our beer names, sort of what drew us to them. And similar to beer art, it, it's one of the things that I see immediately off the shelf when I'm walking through my local beer shop, when I'm looking at those different beer name options that are listed up on, on a chalkboard. So really what I kind of want to get in today is the names that brewery give their beers. There's a, a really wide variety. Some go super themed. Uh, some really dive into the hop content of them. There's a lot of beer that just revolves around puns. You know, first question really is just does the name impact your purchase decision when you go in. And I noticed right off the bat that all of the beers we just checked in don't really give you any indication of what they are through the title. You you either have to go into the description or or something else. So, you know, does that name, knowing that sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with the beer at all, is that a deciding factor when when you're walking the aisles? I'm going to jump right in and say absolutely. Uh, Especially when you're looking at a board, you know, you're seeing those big boards in either bars or breweries. You usually get the kind of style to the side, but name is the first thing you're going to see. And like art, like what we've talked about in the past, that's something that's a differentiator and can really help your beer stand out. Um, and I know that some of the articles that we were reading in preparation for today, basically with litigation and with breweries kind of, you know, to some degree being assholes with one another, you know, yeah. suing and, you know, lawsuits around just beer names people have to get really kind of weird and really unique to stand out so for me absolutely just just like can art and labels the name definitely you know draws me in i would kind of disagree on that because i feel like the beer names can be so obscure or off the wall that they don't always give tie back to what the style is so oftentimes when i'm looking at a board and i if i if the style is listed then I'll hone in on it because, uh, you know, I gravitate to IPAs. I think like we all do. But as as far as names go, I, I wouldn't say that the name itself directly impacts my purchase decision. I think there's, I'm sure there's some sort of indirect influence, but I think, you know, I, I certainly enjoy creative names. There's no question there. I, I, I definitely enjoy seeing the names of the different beers and and what the different breweries are coming up with. Yes, he, uh, Rob, I, and I think you might have said it with your, it might indirectly without you knowing, do it. And and I think it does directly affect me, to be honest, because I know you guys are the same as me, is you walk into a bottle shop and you're looking for a new beer, right? Well, if the one with the weird name pops out to you, it, safety porpoises. I'm not going to be like, have I had a safety porpoises? Yeah, I'm like, no, I haven't know. had safety porpoises. <laughs> That's a very obvious name that I haven't had. So it's like that, even in the sense of maybe not like, oh, the name's hilarious, I'm going to buy it. It jumped out to me because it's unique name. I know I haven't had it. So it's already like on my radar. Ooh, that's one I haven't had. Maybe I should grab that one. But honestly, I would say I'd agree with Andy is like, I'll give you credit for like the 
the great name. Like if it makes me laugh, if it interests me, that will encourage me to buy your beer. Um, I agree with you though, as long as beer hates astronauts has a American IPA written right under it. So I know exactly what it is on the can. Then, then I'm in like, you know, like it needs to tell me what it is somewhere on the can, but I don't need the name to tell me that necessarily. And I do think that that name influences me purchasing it for sure. Yeah. Wes, I agree with you about the name. It definitely is giving, it's making me take a second look. Yeah. I'm going to look it up and untapped, but Rob, to your point, I also want to, to see the style. And so if there's a beer that does include IPA or some reference to the style in the beer name, that's also going to make me take a harder look because I'm my palate leads leans more towards IPA. So if it says IPA, I'm going to look at it again. I'm going to pull it up and untap just like a funny name. So there are, there are different aspects to a name that I think draw me in specifically. I actually would tend to agree if it's, if it's a name that's completely off the wall that I have not, that I don't recognize if the styles listed there, or I know what the style is, I will most likely research it. So from that aspect, you know, if, if the, if the brewery has done a sufficient job of, of coming up with a name that catches my eye, then I guess you guys are absolutely right. Then I am drawn in now and I'm now researching it. So they, they've done what they probably set out to do, which was to catch my eye in, in a bottle shop of a million different options, right? Well, and to catch your eye to that point, Rob, do you all have a preference or does it, does it not really matter between some of the ones we talked about fun versus practical versus a mix of those two? I, I mean, personally, I don't even need, I'm just saying if it is fun and memorable, like, or, or like catches my eye, that's great. They did what they were expecting to do yep. with the marketing aspect, but I don't need that. I actually like the simple and easy as well. If you just call it double IPA, that's great. As long as your brewery <laughs> name's on there and I go, I haven't had this brewery. Double IPA is something I love. Cool. This is their double IPA. Like I love that Tombstone Brewing in Arizona, out of Tombstone, Arizona, does that. They have a they have an IPA, double IPA, triple IPA, a West Coast IPA. They have all the hops, single IPA, double IPA, triple IPA. Like it's super simple like that. And I love it because it's just like that. that's the style I want. I love Tombstone and I haven't had it. Like I'm in. So I, I like the simple too. It, it, it's either way. Like it's, I, I mean, it's not really a great answer because I'm not leaning either way because I like both. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. Wes, I would, I would build on that point as it relates to just very simply listing the style as the name. Like you think of stone IPA, that is stones flagship beer. If you were going to name your beer, just the style, it better be the best version of that style that you're <laughs> yeah, putting out. It better be the one that you're forever going to put the out. The IPA. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because like you can have fun, you know, with all the other names and get weird and it could be bad. It could be good. But if, if you're going to put out the IPA from whatever brewery it is, it better be your best IPA kind of your go-to your all the time. Yeah. Yep. It's a flagship. Yeah. Last question on this topic. Are there any watch outs in a beer name that might actually negatively impact your beer purchase. You're, you're going through, you see an IPA there, you pick it up and you see the name and you're like, Ooh, I I'm not sure I, I'm, I'm going to put this one back. There's for sure one word that if I ever see it in a name, it's never getting picked up. And it's the word smoked. <laughs> if there's ever the word smoked in a beer, it's something I am going to avoid. I've had a few smoked beers in my time and I have, I have not enjoyed them. And they're not, uh, they're not for my palate. So if it does say the word smoked in the title, 
I'm absolutely going to avoid it. <laughs> uh, probably the other uh, reference would be, and I've never seen one, but this is just for future any brewers out there that may be making beers <laughs> need Andy's advice, in yeah. preparation. <laughs> if if you ever make a beer that disparages my name, I'm not going to buy it. And just even Andy, my first Andy name. Andy sucks IPA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I will never buy that beer if you disparage the name Andy in your title. Well, what if that's like you're sucking it down because it's so good? To Josh's point, it would have to be like Andy sucks. That would that would be a beer that I'm not going to buy. I if it was like Andy sucking it down, it's so Andy good. I'm going to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe gonna, my I'm next one, whole brew will just be Andy sucks to see. <laughs> just just as known <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> I will never drink that beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have any specifics with the names, but I, I'm similar to Andy. Like Andy said, smoke, but like he just doesn't like smoked beers. That's my thing. Is like. I'm looking for IPAs, but if I see any sort of version of session or sessionable in it, I'm probably avoiding it because you guys know I'm not a huge session IPA fan. Yeah. Um, and really anything, anything fruit, if it's if it's not a fruited beer or a sour beer and it has fruit in the name, it kind of pushes me away. Um, just because I like to avoid any sweet or like extra flavorful be like extra flavors in my beer so that's probably ones that would discourage me a little bit and west to the point we were making earlier though that that beer description is actually helping you out it's helping you to make a decision as well as somebody yep. who maybe really wants to have a lemon ip i'm making this up a lemon ipa like they would see that in the title and they would know that that's for them and i think that's where a beer name can can definitely help you out or hurt you if you go a, a style that you know in general consumers aren't aren't super interested in I will say the lone exception to that rule, Wes, better be Grapefruit Sculpin. If you find it, buy it. <laughs> Whoever you are, it's a good beer. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think to build on that point, you can't always look at the, the beer name or the description or uh, even just the can art and assume that you will either like it or not. And I'll give an example here. Wes, I believe you sent us Brains by Drecker. And you know, if I had picked that up in a, in a bottle shop, and saw that it was a sour beer, I would not have bought it. I, I absolutely would have just said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. However, yeah. you sent that to us. We drank it on the podcast. And it's been, I, I want to say, one of my biggest surprises of 2021 so far. I ended up giving that a four out of five on untapped. Yeah, you you guys all know I'm not a big fan of it's sours. Unprecedented for it's Rob unprecedented. Rating. Yeah, I really yeah, exactly. enjoyed it. I thought that it was it it really shocked me. It really surprised me. And you know, had I picked that up in a bottle shop, I would not have I would not have purchased it. I think that's that's trust in a brewery name, though. You see Drecker, and regardless of what's underneath, you know that they put out a, a quality product, and so they're able to push the boundary, include more of those labels that might turn some people away. And you're still going to get a decent number of people who want to want to give it a go. I also like to think that's Rob's trust in me. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. he trusts you fully <laughs> on all beer recommendations. I, I really didn't have a choice. Yeah, you I, did I think not. that was our cheers beer of the week. <laughs> yes, well, also, I mean, if we're going to be getting beers for one another and shipping beers to one another, like we're going to want it to be a good beer. We're not going to send each. I mean, I hope we were not purposefully sending each other bad beer. Maybe that's <laughs> you the can, new, that's the yeah. new, new. We're, we're going to send each other bad beer. <laughs> like you can uh, find bad beer locally. Don't like that. You shouldn't idea. have to ship that. <laughs> 
just to add one more thing to this, I think yeah. the you know if I pick up a beer in a bottle shop, as long as the beer name or the the can art or whatever is following the brewery brand, I will most likely continue to drink that. If I picked up a clown shoes and they decided that for whatever reason they weren't going to have uh you know their their typical clown brand or the 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 brand that they typically follow let's say that they went with boy i don't even know something totally new i think that i would really question it um and, and question whether or not that's something worth trying and Rob, I, I think some breweries, you mentioned Clown Shoes, the, the ones that came to mind for me were Manhattan Project out of Dallas, Texas, and Cerebral Brewing out of Denver, both breweries that we enjoy, but they, based on how they've started naming their beers and what they've continued to name their beers, they are definitely kind of stuck, they're stuck. to your point in that theme. And their That's theme, right. you know, there's a lot they can do with the theme, but they are kind of stuck in that theme. They've pigeonholed themselves into the theme of the bar and if manhattan project which is more of a nuclear brand a science brand came out with a clown name yeah oh for sure it would be you'd question it right yeah. you'd be like where, where is this coming from <laughs> yeah it's off brand and not that you wouldn't try it because we we trust the brand but now they're starting to erode the brand a little bit yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is kind of a, a bonus question, but Andy Andy reminded me of it with the uh, the beer shipments. Rob, you had sent me a beer series that I hadn't had in a while because I haven't been local in Dallas, but the Tups DDH series, and I'm, I'm making this up, but they're on you know some obscenely high number. How do you all feel? Like, are, are you totally fine with a, a brand who's slightly making adjustments to a, an individual beer that they have? Look, I'll, I'll start here and I'll let the other guys jump in. I think, you know, as far as Tups go with their DDH series, each of their releases are completely different from their previous release or any of their previous releases. And so I appreciate it. As we've talked about on, on a previous episode, I appreciate the series because I trust the brand and I, I really like to explore what they're putting out just as they're exploring whether or not something's going to work or not. If it were small variations to their previous releases, I'd probably question it a little bit more. But because they're so different and radical between the different releases, I enjoy testing it out. So kind of back to your trust in Tups as a brewery to not just do slight tweaks. Yeah, and not that I enjoy every single release that they have, but I think that's that's part of it, right? That each one is completely different. I would say for me personally, I enjoy the series. I I just don't think I drink it in a way that I'm really going to be able to understand the big differences between the numbers. Sure. The Tups DDH series is plentiful it's probably the largest or the longest series i've seen of just like pretty consistent change you know you have variations across different years i just think of like the goose island you know bourbon county stout like people will keep that year over year and they'll do like a vertical tasting at some point where they try the different beers to see how they are different but with like tups or some of these other breweries that put them out more frequently i drink the one maybe two and i move on and for me personally, I find it hard to really remember when I'm drinking the latest, what the previous one tasted like. So it's hard for me to compare. I enjoy the beer as it is in the moment, but I don't really compare it to the other ones because I don't have that type of, I guess, memory in my palate. One that I, I might relate this to though, and the naming sequence is a little bit different, but 
I feel like the Stone and Joy Buy series is very similar to what Tufts is doing. It's a small batch. It's a it's a different blend. It's a different uh, release each time. And something that you can confidently say is different each time it comes out. Yeah, I, I feel like we're get, probably getting a little far away from names at this point. But I agree. I think Tups and Joy Buy, I, you guys know I, I, lo- I love Wally series from Ren House. I've talked about it plenty of times. They do a different name. They do a great naming convention, by the way. It's I like, like their Wally naming something, convention. Wally and Friends. Yeah. Wally Wall, Wally Summer Wally, that kind of stuff. But I would relate those. I would put those in a bracket. And Andy, I would almost put what you're talking, the other one you're talking about in like a different bracket of like, I relate that to like a wine. Like, ooh, the 2019 of this wine is so much better than the 2020. (laughs) The more annuals. They're not doing anything different. It's just like for some reason, the year by year, it changes just a little bit. Or maybe they did use new barrels or something. Yeah, that's a good point. These other series we're talking about are like, Hey, we were, I, I mean, enjoy by is tough, but like, and I actually, I have not had one of the, the tops, but the like Wally series, it's a triple IPA and they just brew it slightly differently every time. So you right. can, you can just like, Oh yeah, I did enjoy that. I agree that it's kind of tough to remember the last one, but if it's one that you've started and had a couple of, I feel like even if you skip three or four, you're going to walk in and see number like your last one was 26, but now all of a sudden 32 is out. Like, it's still like, oh, shit, I enjoyed the last one. Or like, I'll try it. it it's a new beer. It, you liked the last time or it, at least it was interesting. So it like it for me personally, it'll at least intrigue me to try it again. West, to your point, those yearly series, that could be, you know, a topic in it, its own right is just how how breweries go about doing something like that. Yeah. Kind of mentioning getting away from from beer names. And, and Wes, you sort of mentioned it when you were talking about seeing the the interesting or funny name and then peering to see exactly what style it was right underneath. I don't know if you guys would agree with this. I found myself having to spin a whole lot more beer cans. I see the art, I see the name, but I'm not seeing some sort of prominent description or beer style listed right there where I can you know see it through the glass. And, and I'm kind of curious, you know, what, in addition to that name, what else are you looking for that's listed or printed out on the can? What are some of the things that you've been seeing lately that sort of push it above and beyond? Like, I love when there are specific listings of what they expect me to take away from a beer. And that goes above and beyond just what is required to put on a can, but would kind of love to, to hear what you guys would prefer. Yeah. I mean, I love like a small story, like why this beer came up. What was the idea behind this? Or we've even seen recently, I can't remember, we had a few beers on this one where it's just like just hilarious stories that make really no like logical sense of why it's on the can. It's just like a fun story that they made up for this beer. I love that. But I agree with you, Josh. I think I I want to know at some point in that, like where they were going with it. What, What did they mean to, what was the brewer trying to get out of this beer when they made it? And I think I can speak for all of us. Put the goddamn hops. Oh, that you preach, brewed this beer preach. with. On no the one's can. gonna disagree. That's with what this. I want. Put those yep. damn hops on there, so I know what to expect. I also wish more breweries would actually calculate IBU. Yep, I agree. Like enough breweries do it on on beers. If you say there's just no IBU, that doesn't mean there's there's not bitterness. There is going to be a level of bitterness in your beer. Just measure it. Put it on the can. That might be a great episode on its own because I know there are a ton of merits that different breweries see about IBU and whether it's it's truly reflective of bitterness. 
I've seen, you know, breweries that say that they could make you a, a super hoppy, bitter beer that has very low IBUs and, and try to gain that numbers. On that note, though, like one thing I will say is that I've seen that the IBU listed on the can has actually turned people away. So I wonder if by listing it, it's actually something that people are like people that do not appreciate bitter beers and would rather have something more sweet and something more hazy would look at the bitterness, the IBU, and and let that impact then whether or not they're going to purchase the beer. Yeah, I think that's kind of what Josh was alluding to. I think it's one like the IBU doesn't always represent exactly how that beer is going to taste. But also there's brewers that are holding that out because of that. They don't want to detract you from taking it. They're saying just like, hey, just try the damn beer. Let's see if you like it. Don't just look at a number and get scared away, which I mean, even ABV can do it technically, but they have to put yeah. that on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I guess I just want to be more informed. Yeah. Because definitely. that's, those are things I'm interested in. So I, oh, I I'm not going to stop. I would love to have it. Yeah. I completely agree with you. One description reason that would, definitely and has always made me purchase beers is if there is a cause behind your beer and that's obviously going to pop up in the description right it's pretty hard to do you mean like a pink shoes yeah or do you mean like specific like this beer sales go to x y and z cause like we've seen some other, from other uh, exactly a- any of them i mean the, the the one that i just saw today was i actually bought one specifically because of it is the things we don't say and it's all about mental health in the beer industry. Little things have been coming like this and it's just saying like, hey, there's things we don't say. We are aware that there's lots of people with mental illness or depression, whatever it is, but like, let's talk, like let's support each other. And there's a whole, uh, another series where tons of breweries, I, th- I I don't know the exact number, but when I looked it up on Untapped today, I was scrolling through and there was lots of breweries who had brewed this beer and it's just an IPA that that they're putting all the proceeds towards mental health awareness month which is May which is really cool to see and and that's something that's a description that you'll you'll get me with you know like put that on your can and tell me that you're donating this money and I I will buy your beer yeah Wes I know a lot of breweries they they include in somehow in the name you think like black is beautiful yep the things we don't say resilience it's somewhat in the name but I do agree that if there was even just a little bit of a description. They always include it on the website. You know, the there's usually a main website for the collaboration, but if they included just that little snippet on the can, I, I absolutely agree that would be helpful because I do think people would be encouraged to buy that. I mean, I know to try them and to to support that cause, I, I bought probably six Black is Beautiful beers from, yeah. from different breweries around the right. Washington area. So I agree. I'll say that there's a couple unique things that I've seen on cans and it's, you know, it's been maybe like one or two breweries have included some of these things on cans, but the majority of them don't. And I'll, I'm going to call out the breweries too, but Zilker Brewing out of Austin, Texas, they, on a lot of their cans, they put somewhat like they put a sliding scale graphic showing bitterness, hoppiness, and maltiness on their cans across their entire list of what they brew. So as you look at the can, you can kind of see okay, this one's going to be really bitter. And that's to some degree, you know, they may not list IBU, but that's at least a metric that I enjoy seeing on a beer can. So I found that really interesting because not a lot of breweries, I think Zilker is the only one I've ever seen that does a sliding scale like that on cans. One of the other things I've seen is percentage of each hop in the recipe. So if one hop is more dominant 
in the like recipe, the they will yeah. list the percentage, you know, out of 100, what each of those hops in the recipe That's make really up, cool. which is interesting because then you can kind of see if you're picking up one flavor that's maybe a little bit more specific to the dominant hop that's easy to pick up. And then lastly, there was, uh, I've seen small icons on a can that represent what they recommend the beer be paired with. So like poultry or fish or beef. And I found that really interesting. You know, you somewhat see that on more like websites of breweries when they list like potential pairing options, but seeing it on the can and just these little icons. So that was pretty interesting. All right. Untapped. You can't steal this idea from me. This is trademarked. I'm just letting them know, but Andy taking that one step further. What if untapped came up with a feature where you could slide your hoppiness, maltiness and bitterness scales around, and it shows you what beers are around you that meet those criteria. Or you adjust your like <laughs> hop scale, your hop pie chart, and it shows you the beers available next to you or near you. That'd be sick. That's so what you I could want. just search by like either specific hop type or you want something well, like that's real if you wanted like bitter. these three hops in this percentage, like give me the beer that's closest to that. But also if I said like the maltiness is at this level, hoppiness is at this level, IBUs at this level, what beer do you have that closely meets that near me? The only reason why I don't think they'll steal it is because I don't think breweries will be willing to provide or to yeah, yeah. be willing to provide that information because the, you know, a lot of times it's my like, idea might make breweries be more yeah. encouraged to provide that information. Andy, Andy, as barge brewing, would you provide this information? <laughs> oh, There'd be so much text yes, on my can is. that you wouldn't even know. Like <laughs> you could barely find the style. You hand them the beer and then like a book. It's like here's a tiny storybook. You know that, how in some like medicine beer. bottles, there's like a little peel tab to get the instructions. That would be every <laughs> no, label. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Well, we will finish this one off. I want to hear some of the favorite beer names and, and i'll go ahead and ask you to, to list me off three and, and keep it somewhat brief um, but three of the favorite beer names specifically a beer that, that you have had well i'll go first josh the three for me one of them just stands out because i think it's hilarious it's the brown note from against the grain brewery out of louisville uh it's somewhat of a reference to the mysterious musical note around uh uh, making people shit their pants and i just think that's pretty funny <laughs> and i will say against the grain brewery has insane like funny beer names so big shout out to them uh second one is thrilla in brazilla from Petacolis brewing company out of dallas oh, nice they released this in 2014 specifically in reference to the world cup it was released on the first day of the 2014 world cup in brazil and was you know for the game versus uh croatia and brazil and then the third one is copyright infringement from Nola Brewing out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And they released that because in their little description, they mentioned that it, a prior beer of theirs uh, faced some litigation for a beer name. So they made this beer to kind of highlight the fact that they had been sued <laughs> around one of their previous beer names. So th those are my three. I'll actually jump in next because I have a similar brewery to you. So I have Citra Ass Down, also by Against the Grain. It's their double IPA. Tells you exactly what it is. Citra is in it. You know it's going to be somewhat heavy. It's an 8% double IPA. Um, and I, I like the idea that it's a pun, but it, it sort of tells me what it is right there in the name. 
The next one I have was beer for pizza. This one's a little bit different. It's a malt beer by off color. I think I talked to you guys about it briefly uh, in the past. It is a beer that they tried as much as possible to make taste like a Coca-Cola rather than going in the direction of just trying to cop uh, a name of a soda and, and tweak that in beer for pizza was sort of an intriguing name that, that took it in a, a different sort of direction and, and tried to tie it back to what you might be drinking that type of beverage with. So I thought that was kind of cool. The last one, McKellar, San Diego, they have a ton of really awesome names, can art all the top. I, I personally love their Freddie Mercury beer. Uh, the description digs into and, and they list all this out, but it's all about the harmony of flavor and trying to find all those tasting profiles that fit together perfectly. Gosh, I was pretty high up on my list of uh, potential selections. So I'm glad someone uh, someone mentioned it. Yeah, it's a solid beer as well. All right, I'll run through my next. So I wanted to give a shout out to uh, at least one of the many beers that that came out through the COVID times uh, over the last year. So I, I, I threw El Elbow Fives IPA by Westbound and Down on my list. Uh, just one of my favorites, I think, from the past year. Just I think highlighting some of the, the, you know, different changes throughout COVID. I threw a, you've been cerveza'd on my list, which is a lager by legal draft brewery out of Arlington, Texas, which is a local brewery for me. They follow kind of a legal brand. Uh, and, and I just really appreciate all the beer names that they come out with, even though it's not one of my favorite beers. I always just really like the beer names that they, that they come up with. And then I think so I'm also going to call out one that Andy already mentioned, or at least one of the breweries that Andy mentioned, but for one of the reasons that, that Josh said, which is I like to have the, uh, I like to know what I'm going to be drinking uh, through the beer name. So from Pedicolis Brewing Company, sit down or I'll sit you down. It's a 10% ABV, IPA, double IPA. I've always just really appreciated and enjoyed that name because it is exactly what it says it is. Either you take a seat or this beer will sit you down. Yeah, so I'll, I'll jump in with my mine last here. I had to bring in Humble Sea Brewing to this one. I feel like they always have some of the best names, best can art. Uh, the one I threw out was Backstreet Buoys, which, I mean, just hilarious. And these guys have tons of tons of good names they only have punny or funny like c yeah. reference names so they're great the other one i threw out is sonorasaurus from renhouse brewing company obviously i'm going to throw out a renhouse brewing company beer but uh this it was just made to highlight hops from a hop form that's in the sonoran desert obviously arizona but all local ingredients so they they highlighted the sonoran desert in the name which is i think is great and then rob i kind of the last one i have here is sticking with what you did it's the Five years together, six feet apart. It's from Cerebral Brewing out of Denver, Colorado. Cerebral had their five-year anniversary in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody was allowed to go to their brewery at that point. So they created a beer and named it very aptly with, we've been here five years together, but we can't stand anywhere close to each other. And I just think that it's just a really good That's way great. of putting that together. And it's somber name, but it's a, it's a great name. And with that, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Thank you for checking out the Bruise Day podcast. We got some big news. We are sunsetting our at the Bruise Day Instagram account. So for more content or to leave a comment, follow us on Twitter at the Bruise Day and on Instagram at the Bruise Day Review, where we post daily beer photos and reviews. All right, now back to the show. 
Welcome back to the episode. We are going to jump straight into our unique beer of the week. I have a tripping hazard by Wild Mind Artisan Ales. Uh, they're out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's a 4.5% ABV. They don't have an IBU listed. Only a thousand ratings at a 4.14 average. Uh, it's a smoothie style ale with peach, apricot, passion fruit, and milk sugar. To be 100% honest with you, I bought it just because I felt like it went really well with my safety porpoises and tripping hazard. I thought they went to went together perfectly, and I personally thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Somewhat excited about it. I have been trying to get more into sours. Apricot hasn't been something that it, it's turned me a bit away when it's been in sours, but everything else seemed good. So I'm going to dive into it. But while I do, Andy, why don't you let us know what you're drinking? Today's episode is brought to you by OSHA, work safety. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to freak people out because you actually are the voice of the commercials, Andy. Another commercial, you sons of (laughs) bitches. Sneak them in, dude. Sneak them in everywhere. Well, I'm drinking a Sofa King Sunny, and obviously that's a play on the phrase so fucking. Um, But the Sofa King Sunny is a hazy pale ale from Pyatt Brewing Company out of Boise, Idaho. I've never had a beer from Pyatt Brewing, so I'm excited to give this one a try. It's a 5% ABV, 25 IBU. Thank you, Pyatt Brewing, for listing your IBU. It has a 3.72 average with over 1,200 ratings. The recipe has five hops in it, including Citra and Citra Cryo. At first taste, it's pretty light in the can and the glass. Uh, Got a little bit of floaties, kind of coming down to the bottom, but so far so good. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into this, but you know, so far light and bright and vibrant. So I'm enjoying it. Andy, have you ever thought if you personally thanked all the breweries for listing their IBU that more would do it? One man can change the world, <laughs> but this one man can't change the brewing industry with that request. So it, it would take many people. So maybe if the four of us thanked every brewery, that listed the IBUs, then maybe the industry would listen. All right. Wes, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a Bandersnatch. It's a New England IPA from St. Aaron Brewing uh, out of Chicago, Illinois. It's actually a collaboration they did with Transient Artisan Ales out of Bridgman, Michigan. I don't know how to sure. say that. There's no E in there, so it's not Bridgman, so I'm not sure. Uh, it's a 7.8% ABV, no IBU listed. Sorry, Andy. 4.32 average with a 1,675 rating so far. Um, apparently a Bandersnatch, if you look up the de- definition in the dictionary, which I did right before this, is a wildly grotesque or bizarre individual. So strange name for a beer, I will say, but it did catch my eye and I purchased it. So they did what they're trying to do. This is a very interesting beer. Um, they say it's got the freshest of Citra and distinctive Sabro hops, but they say huge coconut and mojito vibes up front with tropical and juicy citrus carrying through the finish. I could not describe that better. And I've never had just from a hopped beer have such a strong coconut taste. It is West. That's pretty a uh, bizarre individual. If yeah, uh, it is. If you ask it me. is strange. Um, very coconutty. It's very tropical, very coconutty. It's good. The if if it was just that, I would have a problem with it because I just don't love those flavors that much. But 
the citrus saves it with that nice bitterness at the end. So I, I am enjoying it. It's actually pretty good. And to be honest, just kind of impressive how they pulled this off. I, I'm really interested to read a little bit more into how they brewed this beer. Wes, I got to ask a quick question because I'm looking at, I'm looking at our episode guide and I'm seeing some emojis in that description. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you add those for effect or was that copied from the uh, social media account of someone? Yeah. Do you know when it, I delayed the second half of the episode? Yeah. I was yeah. figuring out how to cut and paste emo. No, it was, it was actually from the, uh, <laughs> the Facebook post. I pulled the description of the beer off of. <laughs> He was trying to figure out how to convey his thoughts. Yeah, and, exactly. and the only way to do it was emoji through emoji. Finding that goddamn coconut emoji <laughs> took a long time. <laughs> All right, Rob, I was gonna throw it to you, but I clicked over in the notes, and this is gonna sound overly harsh. I kind of just want to say fuck you, but I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce your beer. Yeah, I'm pretty mad. And I'm gonna, you I'm gonna stay too. silent <laughs> while you talk about it, and then I might have some questions afterwards. So, all right, great intro, but for yeah, I am continuing <laughs> with my treehouse uh, series here. Uh, this is actually the last treehouse in my fridge. So, if if that gives you guys any kind of you know, um, if lets you guys sleep at night after this. I am checking in another whale. It is King Julius. I know we've talked about this previously. It is number seven on Beer Advocate. It is obviously, as I mentioned, from Treehouse Brewing Company out of, out of Massachusetts, 8.4% ABV. They don't list their IBU. Andy, I know that gets you. Uh, uh, we can't. Well, I also really hope you just don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> it has a 4.59 average with 20,000 check-ins. All right. Sounds Where terrible. to start here? All right. As I've mentioned already, treehouse beers are extremely well balanced. This is virtually the same ABV that I of the of my cheers beer or the first beer that I checked in. The super special sauce but you wouldn't even know it where the ABV was really coming through for me in the super special sauce. I'm not tasting a, any alcohol in this one. I would never guess that this is an 8.4% ABV. The citrus is extremely high, much higher than, than I will say the King Julius. I wish I could have done a side-by-side -side between the King Julius and, and the King J -J 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 Julius. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, it'd be a great comparison to the, to do the two, to be honest, I think I enjoy the King Julius more than this one. Not that this one is not great. I, I honestly, I think if anything, how well this one is brewed and, and how, how well this one tastes, I feel like my 4.8 rating of the King Julius is making me want to bump both of them up and give this a 4.8 and bump King Julius to a 4.9 because this one is so solid. It doesn't deserve anything less than a 4.8. It is a solid, solid beer. Uh, Treehouse has done it again. Uh, I, I feel bad that, that I am drinking this in front of you guys, but it, if we get a whale, we've, we've got to check it in and we've got to uh, share it with everyone. At some point though, we have got to get up to Treehouse because they are doing some amazing things and, of the four or five beers that I've had from them, they they've all been incredible. They've they've just been worth uh, every every hype that everyone has mentioned. 
Rob, you are drinking the number seven ranked beer on Beer Advocate, as you mentioned. It is the number three ranked IPA on Beer Advocate overall. It is the number one ranked IPA on Untapped. That is the beer you have in front of you right now. That is that is some beer royalty. That's pretty cool. It's it's uh, it's incredible, and and kudos to my family for for hooking me up. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Treehouse, as we've mentioned, is a whale of a brewery that needs to be checked out. That this is one that uh, we absolutely need to have on our 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 list of places to go. Well, Rob, no one cares what I'm going to give my beer as an average. So based on everything Wes just listed out, what are you giving your beer? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I, I feel like I I enjoy I really wish I could have done a side by side between King Julius and <laughs> and King Julius. Because I didn't do that, though, I feel like I'm bumping up King Julius from my previous rating, which I think I gave it a 4.8. I think it now deserves a 4.9, and I am bumping King Julius to a 4.8. Wow, historical changes. Well, I don't think I've given a rating on my beer yet, so I'll jump back in and just, I don't know, just bring a downer <laughs> yeah, down. Cares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody <Seriously>. cares. <laughs> yeah, everyone so fucking cares about this beer that I'm about to rate right now. <laughs> uh, for A reminder for those that care, it had a 3.2, ooh, shit. It had a 3.72 average on Untapped with 1,200 ratings. And uh, I think I'm probably going to give it a 3.8. I, wow. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Big jump from the average. Um, really enjoying, you know, as a lot as five hops in the recipe and definitely brings a lot of different flavors. I'm enjoying it. 3.8. Yeah. I mean, I haven't rated mine either. Once again, people probably care less about mine, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm still going to rate it. Um, this one, like I said, has a 4.32 average. I feel like I'm going to get a little bit of a, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of an untapped what the fuck comment right now. Because I don't yes. love coconut. I know that I bought this and it has coconut flavor, but yep. to my defense, there is no description on Untapped. There is okay. no description on this can. I had to hunt down a description on this beer to find it on a random post on Facebook. So I did not know that. So to our earlier conversations, had they put on there, I might you have been know. more prepared. Yeah. But so it is a great beer. It's pretty coconut forward i'm still interested to figure out how they did that but i'm not going four three uh, up to that four three average i'll probably more at like a four flat uh just it's it's a great beer but it's really strong coconut taste and i can't really get much else out of it well i'll give my my rating as the final undercard to to rob's surprise for today uh, the 4.14 i think is super right on the thing to me is they list peach apricot uh, and, and I mentioned the apricot is, is something that I'm not super into. I don't actually get that flavor. So to me, that 4.1, 4.2 is right on. I'm probably leaning towards a 4.1. But that's because one of the flavors they listed just doesn't come through for me. So to me, it's a, it's a positive. But if you're looking for the apricot, this might be one for you to skip. Um, but I still love the, the play on words with Tripping Hazard and, uh, and my porpoises. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep, keep going with that. You're still proud of yourself on that. I'm, one. I'm still real proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. 
We will next jump straight into the big board. We're going to move somewhat quickly. Last week, we recorded a mini. So the week before that, we had picked Major League Baseball. Uh, It was the games from Tuesday, May 11th. It was the New York Yankees versus the Rays, the Royals at the Tigers, and the Angels at Houston. Honestly, we kind of all sucked. Rob, you picked two of three, which gave you the the easy win. The rest of us only picked one of the three correctly, and it it really came down to that tiebreaker. Rob, we'll give you your, what we call it, five seconds of of, uh, airtime. I just hope the uh, luck continues. But nice. That was was quick. I liked it, Rob. (laughs) Wes, you ended up taking second with your tiebreaker of seven. The tiebreaker, as a reminder, was total home runs across all games. It was seven, so you nailed it right on. I had eight, so I picked up third. Andy, you unfortunately had nine, which could have become a thing if, if Royals and Tigers would have picked it up, but unfortunately that dropped you to dead last for the week. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, even quicker than three seconds. So that's perfect. Real quick for the big board rankings, and I know we still need to discuss the end date, um, but I know we're rapidly approaching it. Wes, you are still holding a solid first place. Uh, I am holding on to second place two weeks ago when we talked about this. Andy, Rob, I believe you both were tied for third. So, Rob, with your big win, you have moved solidly into third place. And again, Andy, that unfortunately leaves you in dead last, but with room to improve. There's always room to improve when you're at the bottom, Josh. Just trying that's to just trying that. to climb that ladder. <laughs> yep. I needed something to say, and that seemed the most promoting. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So this well, that week, would imply that Wes has room to fall. Technically, we all have room to fall. I also have room to improve, though. I only got seconds. You know, I got yeah. I got to do better. <laughs> so for this week's big board, we are going to do the UEFA Champions League. Uh, the game is played on May 29th, and it is Man City versus Chelsea. Uh, I, for one, am planning to watch this. Uh, what I want from you all is your pick on who is going to win. Man City is slightly favored. Over under of two goals, and I kind of want that that yes or no answer. Those are going to be the, the two primary picks for the week. And then for tiebreaker, we're actually going to go total shots. So not just shots on goal, total shots overall. Those are, are the two picks plus the tiebreaker. And Rob, with your win this week, you get first pick. Okay, well, I will quickly run through this. So I'm going to take Man City. I'm going to take the over. And total shots, I'm going to take 27. Hmm. Interesting pick. A little high on the shots there. Well, I think the uh, total number of shots in the last time these two teams met was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood 27 to 30. I think it might have been some, it's, it's high 20s. So I, I feel like 27 is right in the. Uh, Right in the middle there. All right, Wes, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm up next. I know Man City is favored, but Chelsea has been my team for a very long time. I can't not pick Chelsea, so I have to go Chelsea. I'm actually going with the over as well, and then I am just going to undercut Rob just a little bit. I'm going 25 shots. I like those picks, Wes. Thanks. Are you taking the same strategy that I tried to take <laughs> where I just Dang. where I just heap praise upon them and hoping that they actually end up being the bad picks? 
No, I'm just doubting my own picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I took third. I am going Man City. I'm going to I'm going to take the slight favorite. I'm going to go over the two shots. Uh, or uh, apologize. I'm going to go over the two goals. And my total shots, I'm going to take uh, just south of Rob with uh, with 26. You did you just you literally just prices righted yourself right there. You put yourself between us. You're really going for the exact answer, aren't you? Sort of. I I know that I have the the different pick from you, Wes. Um, so right. if, okay. if if one of the other wins, I'm feeling like it. it I could guess come you're down right. to that. I guess you're really only competing against Rob there. That's what I'm. Andy could completely screw me. Take your exact pick and pick Man. Uh, apology, Man City, and then I'd be really screwed. But I'm feeling okay right as of this moment. All right. Can okay. you repeat that one more time for Andy? Nope. I can. What, what, what was the sequence? Uh, you were supposed to select Chelsea <laughs> and a whole bunch of other whatever you want. Well, since I got dead last, I will pick last. Now that I've seen all your picks, I've just been, you know calculating what i'm gonna do and it's really just coming down to who can i screw over so uh, dm it (laughs) but i'm gonna go chelsea because i just you know pulisic is on chelsea and i just i believe rep america nice to have you on my side i believe i'm actually gonna take the push on the over under Interesting. I, I like that. And on the shots, I'm going to go 24 because I do think it's going to be lower so that I have now priced righted all of you. <laughs> uh, and I will say, Andy, your push, I was I was very tempted to go push. Push is actually the highest odds. Like two even yeah. is the highest odds bet of total goals in this game. So that, that's a good pick. Well, I am very excited to see how this plays out. I hope that it's in my favor, but we, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, all right, so we will jump straight into lightning round. Uh, we're going to do things a tad bit different. So for lightning round this week, in association with uh, sort of the name uh, theme that we, that we had going earlier on, uh, I'm going to go overly complex and give Andy three beers that he can chug, sip, or pour. All I'm going to provide are the beer names, no additional information. Then I'm going to unveil the brewery and the style of whatever he poured and pass the chug and sip on to the next person, um, along with a a new beer. Uh, If if that makes sense to you all, we can go ahead and jump straight into it. Andy, as I mentioned, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, Your three beers by name. First, you're my boy, Blue. Second, Stupid sexy Flanders. Third, Trump hands. <laughs> you know, it's pretty funny. I actually was looking <laughs> up earlier today. I looked on on tap, stupid sexy Flanders, and there's like 30 plus breweries that make a beer that's named stupid sexy Flanders. There are. Uh, so you said Trump hands, stupid sexy Flanders, or you're my boy blue. Correct. Stupid sexy Flanders is like my single favorite quote from the Simpsons TV show. <laughs> that it, that just that scene is like my, my favorite of the Simpsons. So I'm chugging stupid sexy Flanders. I don't even care what type of beer it is. I'm chugging it for the check-in for the name. Next, I'm going to sip on you're my boy blue because that's a reference from old school and a, a favorite film of mine. So I'm gonna sip on that because that's what Blue would do. He would sip on that beer, and then I'm gonna. 
I'm going to pour out Trump hands because I just don't want to associate with that. All right. So I will give away Trump hands given it got poured out. That is by Cannonball Creek, and it's a session IPA as reference to Tiny Hands, which I kind of thought was was funny. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I maybe shouldn't not. have we'll passed that one on there. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll find out soon enough. Uh, Rob, I'm going to go with you next. So as you heard, uh, we have You're My Boy Blue. That's getting passed on by Andy. You have Stupid Sexy Flanders. And I'm also going to add in Geriatric Hipster Club as your third beer. Geriatric Hipster Club, Stupid, Stupid Sexy Flanders, and You're, You're My Boy Blue. Correct. Right? Those are the three? Yep. Geriatric Hipster Club. I'm going to chug that one. I'm going to sip You're My Boy Blue, and I'm going to pour out Stupid Sexy Flanders. Well, that's a stupid decision, Rob. That keeps stupid well, sexy Andy, flavors in the game. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. No, you're a boy, Blue. All right. So, Rob, you poured out stupid sexy Flander. That is by Sun King Brewery, although I know there are a few different breweries that have that name. And it is a black Belgian IPA, which actually intrigued me by the, the style once, uh, once I'd learned that. I don't know what that is. I don't either. <laughs> but I, I kind of want to try one. I'm glad I poured it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that your my boy blue is like a blueberry sour. And uh it sounds like yeah, it. but Could but be. maybe Wes, you gotta bring it home for us at least. Yes. So Wes, again, I'll repeat it. Uh, you have your my boy blue, you have geriatric hipster club, and I'm going to throw in your third one that is hashtag adulting. I I'm going to stick with Rob. I'm really liking geriatric hipster club. I'm chugging that with Rob. Rob, we're going to have a nice little party. I am going to sip hashtag adulting because I agree with Andy. I have some worries about this. You're my boy blue. And I'm pouring that one out. I don't want you're my boy blue. All right. You, you may have made the, the correct choice. So you're my boy blue is my brew bus brewing. And it is a blueberry wheat ale. Oh, oh thank the Lord. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> so a few of you have, have been drinking that uh, for the, the last couple of choices. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one there. And I will quickly mention the other two that, that made it all the way through. So Geriatric Hipster Club, which both Wes and Rob chugged, that is actually an ale aged in bourbon barrels with orange peel and spices. So that Ooh, one might be a bit on the rougher side to yeah, chug, but I wish be tough. both luck. Yeah, all right. Rob. Let's go West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Wes, I think you might, you know, I, I know your aversion to some fruits, but your hashtag adulting is actually a guava IPA, which might not be all that bad to sip given some of the other styles that, that I gave you all. Out of the other ones that have come up in this, I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> it could be a good chaser after the geriatric. Yeah, I, hate it, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my whole body's going to be burning after that chug. <laughs> Okay, Josh, so since you have led this so far, we're just, you know, wiping the slate clean for you. We're going to give you three unique beer names, no style, no other information other than the title. And you got to give us your chug, your chug, sip or pour for these three. Do it. So the first one is happy to donut. 
The second beer name is 668, The Neighbor of the Beast. And the third is It Puts the Cucumber on Its Skin or It Gets the Goes Again. <laughs> so uh, give us your chug sip pour on those three. Oh, my goodness. I am going. I actually have no idea. I think I'm going to pour out the happy to donut. I feel like that's going to be overly sweet to my specific palate. Although I, you you could completely throw me off. 668, the neighbor of the beast. I feel like that's going to be pretty heavy. Uh, so I'm going to sip that. And I guess I'm going to try to sip the really uncomfortable, likely goza beer uh, that you talked about having to apply to my skin. <laughs> so you are putting cucumber on your skin yeah 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 i think so i think that's i think that's the chug beer of all three of these if i have it's just to. a one-time goes well i will start with that one it puts the cucumber on its skin or it gets the goes again is a goes like sour fruited ale from yeah. seventh sun brewing out of dunedin florida the 668 the neighbor of the beast is from new england brewing and it is a Belgian style golden ale that's brewed with both German and American hops. Okay. And then lastly, the Happy to Donut is from Renhouse Brewing and it is a chocolate stout. So I think you made you made some All decent right. picks. I was I was close. I, I might flip the sips, but I, I think I was relatively close guessing with, with the names that I had. I just I could almost I almost couldn't say it puts the cucumber on the skin with a straight face. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I didn't say that, Andy. <laughs> I couldn't read it with a straight face when we first mentioned it. So, <laughs> All right. We will, we will jump out of that uh, very fun lightning round into our sort of finale, the good, bad, ugly of the week. And Rob, I kind of think I know what your good is likely to be, but I'm going to you know, ask you anyway. Yeah, my, my good, as, as probably all of you can guess, is... The fact that I got to check in another treehouse beer. My bad, though, because this is quickly going to become bad, is that I am out of treehouse beers in my fridge. Oh, I feel I don't know where to go from here. Like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like every beer from here on out is just going to be a downgrade. Now, um, you know, it's I, I've really enjoyed the treehouse beers that I had. They, they've been incredible, and it, it really just highlights the fact that we need to get up there. Yeah, I can kind of build off that, Rob. I actually, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in Chicago. I finally got my hands on some beers from Hot Butcher for the World. Oh. I had two. I had the Double Grid, and I had Scrap Metal. I rated Double Grid 4.7, Scrap Metal 4.4. Hot Butcher for the World has lived up to everything I expected. Very I'm high. So standards. happy I yeah. got it. It's very delicious. I do have one coming to you guys. I have a four pack sitting inside. I will say it does not have that high of an average rating. This was not intentional. This is just how it went. But it is a uh, collaboration with them with Three Floyds, which I thought was cool. Okay. That's why I yeah. wanted to bring it to the the podcast in the future. So you guys will be having that soon. But just really pumped to finally get my hands on some hot butcher for the world well i have two goods now the first is that i happen to know that i have a awesome shipment from both andy and now west coming my way and i'm very excited to get some sort of east and west coast beer 
The other uh, sort of positive and, and really just one of the reasons to, to constantly go in and, and check out your local beer shop uh, is, is, you know, I went around, I was looking for something like a safety porpoises. Um, what I ended up coming away with was not just the, the beer that I was after. I picked up a Ghost in the Machine by Parrish, which is something that I always wanted to try. And I also got a, I, I don't know how long they had been there. There was only one left, but I did pick up a brand new Heavy Topper. So oh, I will be enjoying suck. another one of those <laughs> That's in, the very, awesome. in the very near future. So just another reason, like, even if you're not sure, you're not, you don't know what you're looking for, you should definitely continue to go in and, and just see what is coming in at your local shop because you never you never know what you're going to stumble across. Yeah, I, I would like to point out real quick, I did notice this when listening to Rob and trying to research other things. Uh, his King Ju 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 Julius is number seven on Beer Advocate. Number six, Pliny the Younger. Number five, Hetty Topper. Yep. It was a great beer. It was Very a great jealous. beer. It still is a great beer. Josh, keep us keep us honest. I'll, I'll on let this. you know if it changed at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've got the consistency down. We're we're definitely uh, you know uh, hitting the the top ten of beer. I'd... I'm pretty confused though. Like, Josh, you live in the smallest <laughs> town out of all of us. You yep. can't get ninety percent of the beers we suggest for this podcast, but you also get the top ten best beer rated in the nation all the time which none of us can even get close to get our hands on i just have those also don't i also don't understand but i'm not going to complain it's it's uh it's a it's a good problem to have it is andy why don't you finish this off what's going on with you this week well my problem to have is i keep following up people who have really cool things to say and then i don't (laughs) (laughs) so uh i'm gonna start with a bad and then i'm gonna end with a good The bad is American Craft Beer Week just wrapped up. So just it was a fun week to be able to celebrate local independent craft breweries around the country. Um, You know, that's something we always strive to do. It's a little sad to see this week end just because there's always a lot of press around it. And there's a lot of, you know, promotion and drive to local breweries. It's something that we love to do regardless of whether it's being celebrated. But it was cool to take part in that week. But it's a little sad that it's over. And then, Josh, you kind of touched on what my good is. But uh, right around this time, El Segundo Brewing Company, which is in El Segundo, California, which I have a very soft spot in my heart for just because Josh and I live down the street. They are celebrating their 10-year anniversary coming up really soon. And depending on when you listen to this, you'll probably, uh, El Segundo Brewing will have already released their 10-year anniversary beer, which is a triple IPA. And thankfully, my brother is going to, pick up some that I've pre-ordered and El Segundo is also releasing a Quipa at the same time. So the 10 year anniversary beer is a triple IPA and they're also releasing a Quipa at the same time. I'm getting enough for all of us. I don't know if I want to ship any to Rob because I didn't get a treehouse beer <laughs> mail to me, but I think I'm going to be generous enough to, uh, get you all both a triple and a quipa so that's my good that i have those coming up that quipa prediction is coming true yeah very excited to finally get a quipa been waiting for that one for a while well we will end this podcast the same way that we always do with a peace 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 peace